coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 77 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of topics to hop into today. SummerSlam or NXT TakeOver, which is the better build so far. Got a lot of things to talk about. Roman Reigns, who done it? The bad acting in all Brock, Seth Rollins, Impact Wrestling, Women's Division. I'm about to hop into all of it. First, feel free, you can find me on linktr.ee slash 2 pod. If you want to go there, feel free. Like I say every week on Periscope, YouTube, iTunes, the list goes on and on. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to hop right on into it. No best thing, funniest thing this week, but number one spot is back. Looking at the number one things in wrestling, or at least some of the number one things in wrestling today. We have the number one botch of the week, the number one match of the week, and the number one return of the week. Number one botch is the Usos mic drop. And ladies and gentlemen, it was an in, intentional mic drop. They're going down the ring. They're cutting their promo. And right before they get to welcome to the Uso, they drop the mic. I don't know if it was Jimmy or Jay, but it was hilarious. And they just kind of made it up. They just ran into the ring and did their pose. But that was the number one match of the week. Week, excuse me. Number one match of the week. The OC wins the tag titles. We had a phenomenal three-way tag on Monday Night Raw. Usos versus the OC versus the Revival. Kind of caught me off guard because I figured so close to WrestleMania that the Revival would win. But we have new tag team champions Gallows and Anderson. Too sweet, baby. I love it. Now, moving on to number one return of the week. Rhino returns in Impact Wrestling. Kind of had his uh, semi-return. At the most recent pay-per-view, but he was under a mask. The official return was the last week on Impact Wrestling. He took out Michael Elgin during his streak back with Brian Cage, and it looks as if that will be a hard-hitting feud going forward. We'll see what Impact does with Rhino going forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop into these news stories, these our reactions from Raw and SmackDown, and also Impact. So... What I have listed here, SummerSlam or NXT, what is the better build? We normally hop into what I have listed first, but that is going to be towards the end of the show. First, we're going to start with Roman Reigns, how SmackDown ended. And man, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at it, I'm watching SmackDown. And I'm like, okay, man, they got two minutes left in the show. Roman Reigns must going to run to the mic and announce his competitor and... He's running and this big crane falls over on Roman Reigns. A bad camera angles and everything. And it caught my attention for like five to ten seconds. I was like, oh man, what's going on here? And the thing was, the thing was so bad. Roman Reigns just got up. Like, I don't know whose idea it was, but he <laughs> it turned out to be unintentionally funny. For pretty much all of us. He just got up. Not only was the was the production so badly done. Look, I could have looked over that if I'm being honest with you guys, if this wouldn't happen. Roman Reigns just got up and walked off. 
man, if this was the Attitude Era, we would've seen some fake blood. Roman Reigns would've been laid out as we faded to black. Like, I don't understand. How do you get up and just walk off on that? Like, I, he gets up and there's there are these uh, doctors there. Roman's like, I'm all right, man. I'm good. I'm good. Roman Reigns just walks off. And I'm like, come on, man. How could you screw that up? You had me at hello and you blew it. Like, you, you just cannot blow it at this point. Like, the only way they can save this is if Rikisha did it for The Rock. Like, man, you mean to tell me you, you get to star Hobbs and Shaw and that's the best acting you can give me, Roman? And I mean, I'm not hopping on Roman. I'm more so hopping on WWE with this one. And at this point, like, I don't think that they can do anything. Well, I'm not going to say I don't think that they, they can do anything because, look, I'm not going to just give up on a storyline first week in and we don't know who did it yet. But... When you look at the possible suspects, uh, Samoa Joe should be at the top of the list. But here's the thing. I don't think it can be Samoa Joe because that would be a huge letdown. We've already had a few with Samoa Joe Roman Reigns before. I'm tired of seeing Samoa Joe Roman Reigns interact every other week. Uh, fight every other week. So it would be a letdown for it to be Samoa Joe. However, on the other hand, it's a catch-22 situation because if it's not Joe, Joe is like going to be screwed at SummerSlam. He's not going to be doing much at all. But as it pertains to this storyline and this segment, like at this point, the perfect person. And I said this before this segment even ran. I said, give me Aleister Black versus a Roman Reigns at Tobin Slam with Aleister Black going over. That would have been a perfect person for this to pull it, put us off with for us to get excited about. And, like, that would have been a fantastic match, but it's not happening. Obviously, we're getting Aleister Black versus Sami Zayn, it would seem, at SummerSlam. So, who's left is the question. Can they redeem the storyline with somebody? Uh, could it be Daniel Bryan? Like, could it be an, an, an... They might as well have an announcement versus announcement match because neither of them could seem to make their announcement for the SummerSlam match. Might as well have them go at it. You know, who cares at this point? I mean, that would be a fantastic matchup. I'm not buying that Daniel Bryan is the evil mastermind I'm behind pushing cranes or whatever it was that quote-unquote almost fell on Roman. I'm not buying that, but it would make for a fantastic matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what road that they go down. I think that they really blew it because they had an opportunity to leave us on a hook at the end of one of the shows, which they haven't done in ages, it feels like. We always get the champion up on the ropes at the end of the show. And they they could have left us on a hook here, and they blew it by having Roman Reigns just get up and walk away, man. You had me interested. And now it's just like... Oh, man, I don't care at all. Let's just see who he's fighting at SummerSlam. So, I wish the best for the storyline. We'll see how it all turns out going forward. Moving on. Man, Brock Lesnar. Sheesh, man. Seth Rollins is facing off with Dolph Ziggler. And Brock Lesnar's music hits. And it's like, ah, nah, Brock getting it coming out. And Brock is out there. And from there, man, he put a savage, savage beat down on Seth Rollins, man, just an ungodly beatdown, and, like, I get it, 
Obviously, Brock is supposed to come on and come in and be this big bad guy, this big bad heel. But man, you gotta be careful when you land these beatdowns on Seth Rollins. Now, obviously, I'm from the old school. The first thing I said when I saw the beatdown occurring, I was like, okay, we got a big bad heel here. We got a baby face in Seth Rollins. We need color. Like, give me some color. Give me color like Seth Rollins has. I'm not saying that Seth Rollins has to wear a Ric Flair crimson mask, but I need a little bit of color. And we got it. I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but Seth was spitting up blood. And we got color that way, an unconventional way, but we got it. Looking at the beatdown, man, the, these chair shots that Brock Lesnar lays on Seth Rollins is just, man, like... Sheesh, man, that is just too much. And these spots, the, the, the F5 on the chair, it was sick looking. The F5 on the post, that was ridiculous. Um, I don't too much mind those. I don't have a problem with those at all, if I'm being totally honest. The spot that I had a true problem with is the F5 on the stretcher. Did you not hear the sound? Uh, that Seth Rollins, uh, the, the, that the stretcher made when Seth Rollins' body uh, came uh, crashing down on it. That was a sick spot, man. And, man, I hope Seth Rollins is okay. Because, sheesh, man, I couldn't be the one getting those spots laid on me. Nah, 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 nah. Me, Brock, and Vince would have to have a talk. Like, I understand I'm supposed to take this beat down. But still in awe. Look, bro, take care of a brother. Sheesh, man. Uh, looking at the build to this field, like, eh. I'm not all that interested in it. I'm going to get to SummerSlam build in a little bit. Not all that interested in this field, but that beatdown was mighty interesting. You know, you have the beatdown in the ring, and then Brock is just standing there in front of the ambulance, and it's like, oh, man, he, here goes uh, Brian Strowman moment. I'm not finished with you yet. And we got just that. He laid the beat down on Seth Rollins. And how about, how about WWE blood and guts? What was that Vince McMahon was talking about last week about AEW? Oh, they have blood and guts. I'm not sure TNT is going to stand for that. Well, I'm not sure the USA is going to stand for that. Blood and guts just everywhere. Way to go, Vince. I mean, it was a great segment, but it's just quite funny that it happened days after Vince said that about AEW. So we're going to move on here, ladies and gentlemen. Sticking with Monday Night Raw, we're not going to be long on this subject, but Maria Kanellis? Really? We had a 24-7 title, and Mike Kanellis won it out of nowhere, and this Maria Mike Kanellis story is horrible, man. It's one of the most horrible things going on in all of wrestling, if you ask me. And... Maria Kanellis orders him to lay down and she puts her foot over him and she is the 24-7 champion. Like at this point, I don't know how they're going to get the championship off of her. I'll see. We'll see how it all turns out. Maybe R-Troop does something stupid or fun, stupid and funny and he wins the title back. But as it pertains to Maria, man, like can, can we get Maria or Mike Kanellis or both over in another way? Does it have to be the male bashing uh, way that we see going on here? Like, I'm just not interested in Maria emasculating Mike 
Canellas every chance she gets. But here it stands. She's the 24-7 champion. And we'll see how it goes going forward. So moving on, we move on to Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen. A report came from F4W Online that said that the most recent edition of Monday Night Raw was the heaviest influence Paul Heyman has had on the show to date. Uh, Dave Meltzer also speculated that the gauntlet match was Heyman's idea to try to push new stars. So I got to say that Monday Night Raw overall, uh, not necessarily something that I would call a great show, but it was a vast improvement over the normal Monday Night Raw that we see every week. And you can very much see Heyman's influence in that there was a lot of wrestling going on uh, in this show. More wrestling than the norm. I don't know if I can say it was a wrestling heavy show per se, but there was a lot of wrestling things in the show that I like. Uh, as for the gauntlet match, like I think they failed. Well, I know that they failed at that to try to create a new star. If you're going to go all in, on the gauntlet match on creating a star. You have to go to Seth Rollins uh, route with having him last for an, a long time. and put on great many matches within the gauntlet. And I think they failed at that. But the gauntlet match overall was a pretty decent watch. Uh, we had the obvious winner in Ricochet. But I enjoyed it very much. Uh, looking at the show. I am glad that it seems that Heyman has a lot more power. Uh, than I initially thought I, I, when the reports came out that it would be Heyman and Bishop I thought Bishop would be on creative but the first thing I said or one of the first things I said was let the dudes do their job don't get in their way obviously Vince McMahon has the final say and that's going to be that but let the guys do their job at least Heyman is definitely on creative so it looks like they're letting him do his job the guy is a genius and hopefully it's onward and upward for from here for Monday Night Raw. I am very interested to see what goes on going forward. Especially on the go home show to SummerSlam as we head to SummerSlam next week. So moving on here ladies and gentlemen. We're going to move to the Impact Knockouts Division. Tanil Dashwood ladies and gentlemen. This one came out of nowhere like a RKO. She signed with Impact Wrestling. This one came down Monday night. You know, I'm watching Raw and I'm scrolling Twitter like always. And Impact picks up the tweet. It's a new Dashwood signs with Impact. And I'm like, whoa, man. How about that? That is a home run signing for the division. And one that is that will go over very well in my estimation. I think she will be a phenomenal addition to an already stacked uh, knockout division that I'm about to talk about. Uh, so I'm very excited to see what her first feud will be, uh, who she will be facing off against in the future. Obviously, the big money matchup that people are already talking about is Tessa Blanchard versus Tanil Dashwood, and that would be a phenomenal matchup. I'm looking forward to see what Impact does with Tanil Dashwood. Uh, it can only be good things from here so I'm very excited about that so moving on into Impact Wrestling's Knockouts division ah man I've been talking this division for a very long time now and now it's just as good as time as any to talk about it on the podcast to Neil Dashwood signing uh, but overall 
I really enjoyed this division. Honestly, if I'm being honest with you guys, it is one of my favorite divisions in all of wrestling because there are multiple storylines going on. And this is on the heels of the hashtag give WWE women a chance movement that we had going on Twitter. And I look at Impact Wrestling's division and I'm like, bruh, how in the world? Can WWE not get it right like Impact is getting it right with their women's division? And when you look at the ladies in this division, we have a lot of good things going on. Madison Rain just came back. Uh, she's been very successful in her run so far. Kira Hogan, I've always liked her. Uh, she has a new heel character going that she's working her way into. It's very starting to become very believable for me. Like, I had to get past the lovable Kira Hogan, and now I can see the heel Kira Hogan. It's starting to work out very well for her. Rosemary, always a mainstay, has been a mainstay in the knockouts division for quite some time now. Uh, I thought that they really need to get her away from Sue Young. Now she's on an arc to where it looks like she's going to be competing for the world title very soon. She's back on the arc that she was on to where... At one point, you looked at Rosemary and you thought, man, she might be the top person in all of Impact Wrestling, male or female. She's on that arc. She's working her way back up to that. Jordan Grace, man. What else can I say about Jordan Grace that hasn't been said? A phenomenal wrestler. When you see Jordan Grace, you think strength, power, but she's so much more than that. Uh, she could cut a promo on the mic. Uh, she's phenomenal in the ring, much more than strength and power. And she has a pretty good feel going on with Kara Hogan right now. They had an excellent opening match. And if I'm not mistaken, it was on the most recent episode of Impact Wrestling. They tore down the house in Windsor, man. And you look at the knockout champion, Taya Valkyrie. She has done a phenomenal job as champion being a chicken, you know what, heel. Uh, and my first experience from watching her was in the Lucha Underground. I was very impressed. When she came to Impact Wrestling, I said, yes, she's going to be a wonderful fit. And she's very good in the ring. And I have enjoyed her work. Sue Young and Havoc, they have been a great pairing. Much like I said with Rosemary, Sue Young got away from Rosemary. And she started to work her way back up. Havoc is a phenomenal addition. And, like, I am very much here to see uh, what she does going forward in the knockouts division. And, like, when you look at it overall, man, this division is very intriguing. The thing that I like most it is, is that it's so well balanced. There's nobody back in catering waiting for their chance. Uh, like, we see many women waiting for their chance in WWE. No, everybody has something to do. And, not last but not least... Certainly not least, Tessa Blanchard, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how many times I have to keep saying it. The best overall women's wrestler on the planet. I said it before. I'll say it again. The best overall women's wrestler on the planet. I enjoy Tessa Blanchard. Like, she won me over from the start. Had me at hello. I got to say that she moved on from her heel character, which is something that I thought was phenomenal. And the first thing I said was, why are they doing this? And I see why. Now, the crowd loves Tessa Blanchard. She makes a great face. And I'm going to sit here today as we stand on August the 1st. 
inside that. Yes, Tessa Blanchard is the number one draw in Impact Wrestling or the top star. However you want to put that, the top star in Impact Wrestling, in my estimation. And they have her uh, facing off with Sammy Callahan. Winner gets a title shot. And I think Tessa Blanchard is going to win it. And I won't be mad one bit. Because Tessa Blanchard has a phenomenal matchup if you go to YouTube against Brian Cage. And if that would go down again, they would tear down the house. And that's another thing with Impact Wrestling. Intergender Wrestling, they don't mind having the women mix it up with the men. I don't mind that at all. I've seen some phenomenal intergender matches. I think they've done a good job of mixing up the right ladies with the right guys so that it's not an overwhelmingly uh, disadvantage to anybody and like I enjoyed their intergender matches for the most part some of the storylines I haven't involved I haven't liked uh, when they have the man come out and say that you know what I'm the man I'm better than the woman like no I don't like that otherwise the matches are phenomenal the the storylines are phenomenal uh, with the intergender wrestling storylines so they can add it overall man impact wrestling uh, the women's division is phenomenal, and I wish nothing but the best things for them going forward. I'm going to continue to watch. I'm going to continue to enjoy it. So moving on to Charlotte and Trish Stratus, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of women, Trish Stratus comes out. She's quickly interrupted by Charlotte. They get into it, and bam, ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge match for SummerSlam. Uh, a much needed shot in the arm for SummerSlam, if you ask me. I would much rather see Charlotte in a feud putting someone over. I thought Liv Morgan, look, if you're going to go this route, if you're going to try to come back and build Liv Morgan up, then it should have been Liv Morgan versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. But be that as it may, we have Charlotte versus Trish, and I'm not complaining whatsoever. Look, man, the, the crowd was... I won't say that they were dead for the segment, but they could have been better for this segment. Uh, Trish, excuse me, and Charlotte gave it all that they had to put the segment over. And I'm excited for the match. I think it's going to be a great match. Kind of reminds me of when Tessa Blanchard faced off against Gail Kim recently in Impact Wrestling. They tore down the house. It was a great storyline. It was the old school versus the new school. That's what we have here with Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. And I'm very excited to see what goes down, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, I think it is one of the top matches at SummerSlam. Very intriguing era versus era. We'll see if Trish still has it. Ah, the last time I remember seeing Trish in the ring was with Lita, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, some years ago, or last year, if I'm not mistaken. She looked very good in the ring. So I expect a phenomenal matchup between the two. I cannot wait for it to go down. Moving on, SummerSlam versus... NXT TakeOver, ladies and gentlemen, what has been the better build so far? Man, I'll save all my thoughts for SummerSlam uh, next week, excuse me, when I break down the card, uh, when I do the preview. But, man, there's so much that I've looked at it with SummerSlam and I've complained about. And I'm just going to look at it uh, right here. I got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. That build has not been interesting to me at all. There's been one segment, and that was the one segment when Brock beat the crap out of Seth Rollins. That's been interesting. 
I'm not so involved, or I'm not so that much interested in this matchup. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, I wasn't interested in it at first. I'm still not all that interested in it, but they've done a good job at building it up, bringing some realism into the storyline. I look at the United States Championship, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, what's not to love about that? Other than I feel like they're rushing the feud, I'm, I'm with that. OC involved, Ricochet involved, I'm with it all the way. Becky Lynch versus Natalya. I'm not feeling Natalya as a credible challenger just based on the fact of what they were doing with her heading into uh, the, this feud. They had her back in catering and now I'm supposed to believe that Natalya is just this credible challenger against Becky Lynch. I've not enjoyed the build. Some people have and if you have enjoyed the build, then more power to you. Um, the submission match stipulation that could happen, uh, they both have good submission matches, but with the way the build is going, I want to see them beat the crap out of each other. Like, put some other stipulation on that. Bailey versus Ember Moon, I feel like the build hasn't, like, it started at an apex, a top apex when they made the announcement. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. They made the announcement and it was like, oh my goodness, yes. And from there, the feud just kind of dissipated. And when we have people baiting in Ember Moon, the feud is kind of dissipating a little bit. Uh, they've gone back and forth. I hate it. Ember Moon taking that loss against Alexa Bliss on the most recent episode of SmackDown. Not a good way to go. I've talked about Charlotte. And Tristratus, Roman Reigns versus the Mystery Attacker. We'll see who it is going forward. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Eh, not interested in it. And there are just things that I do not find interesting at all about this build. Like me some... Uh, one thing that I am in on the Fiend versus Finn Balor. Love it. Cannot wait to see it. But looking at the NXT TakeOver card, man. There is just nothing much to complain about at all, man. I am going to enjoy this thing uh, from top to bottom, man. I cannot wait for this thing to go down. And look, there's nothing I can complain about. We got a two out of three falls match with Cole and Gargano. I think it's going to be a street fight, a regular match. And we'll see what Steven Regal's uh, next stipulation is if the match goes to three falls. I would assume it's still cage, but we'll see. NXT Tag Team Championships on the line. Street Profits versus Undis Undisputed Era. I don't like the fact that they have the Street Profits on Raw. And like it's like, okay, they're going to be on TakeOver. I have never liked that. Uh, North American Championship, man. Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunn, Roderick Strong. My goodness. I would rather it be Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunn. That would have interested me even more. But I love me this match. It could be the best match of the entire weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. Some great stuff has been going on there. Mia Yim has gotten in Shayna Baszler's face. It's gotten in a lot of people's face. It's just beat them down. And Candice LeRae versus Heel Eel Shirai. And I love every bit of Eel, that Heel character. She's kept her words short and sweet. And the entrance that she has is just amazing. This build to NXT TakeOver, it has been better than SummerSlam because there are just things that I cannot complain about on this card. I love every single match. I think more so when I look at SummerSlam, there are more things that I don't like 
versus things that I do like. I'm not saying that I hate the entire card. Obviously, there are things that I'm very much looking forward to. Obviously, it's SummerSlam. It's a big four pay-per-view, so I'm looking forward to it. But there are things that I don't like more than the things that I do like. So I've enjoyed watching NXT every single week. I've enjoyed the build to NXT TakeOver uh, Toronto, Canada, more so than I've enjoyed the build to SummerSlam. That is just my opinion on the matter. So moving on here, we're going to move on to AEW right quick, fast, in a hurry. They announced a few matches for their debut on TNT. Uh, Cody Rhodes will be facing off against Sammy Guevara. That should be an excellent match. I'd love to see Sammy Guevara get the win there. They announced John Moxley to appear on TNT. Maybe he'll be, maybe he'll cut a promo or something of that ilk. We'll see. And we also have announced the Young Bucks, uh, the Young Bucks with Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and two mystery opponents. Chris Jericho has built that up. He said, "You won't believe." Who will be tagging with him? I'm interested. They have to deliver on the payoff. We'll see going forward. But I'm very excited about All Elite Wrestling on TNT. I cannot wait to see how it all goes down. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have one more topic to get into. And one more quick one to get into. WWE, about time. They have ditched the commercials on WWE Raw and SmackDown doing matches like about time man like this whole two out of three falls thing they ditched it and it wasn't working it was very stupid in my estimation it was so dumb and I'm glad that they've gotten rid of it when I first heard that they would be ditching commercials for wrestling uh, during wrestling matches I thought that oh man this is cool but then I found out that oh they're just gonna put two out of three falls matches in place of that and it failed miserably so I'm glad that they are doing that that is all, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Let me know all of your thoughts. Whatever you have to be on Twitter at Two Sweet Pod or at OMG Corby or in the YouTube comments. Let me know all of your thoughts on all of these 